to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of October 10, 2021. This week's Sound Prince begins with a moment of personal privilege. This past Friday, our family attended the homecoming football game at Beaver Creek High School near Dayton, Ohio. My grandson David is a senior, and my granddaughter Lindsay is a freshman at Beaver Creek. David plays baritone sax, and Lindsay plays trumpet in the high school's 240-piece marching band. The weather was perfect, the hamburgers and hot dogs and popcorn were good, and the band did an outstanding job. We had seats on the 45-yard line, and Adam, of course, took his bookport and recorded the band performances at the pep rally and the game. Here's the Star Spangled Banner as played by the Beaver Creek Marching Band before the game and recorded from the stands by Adam on Friday evening. Please remain standing and remove your hats for the playing of our national anthem. events will be held on the KCB Zoom line and are open to all who wish to attend. Join from your computer, cell phone, or landline by calling 669-900-6833 and entering the code 862-9889-6972 or join from the Zoom line found in the event announcement on our email list. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will hold its membership meeting on Zoom from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, October 12. For more information about the meeting, call Cheryl Lott, President, at 270-686-8689. The October meetings for KCB Next Generation are at 8 p.m. on Thursday, October 14, and Thursday, October 28. For more information, call Ben Wright, President, at 734 734- Nine six eight eight two one one. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout happens each Friday from seven thirty to nine thirty p.m. Eastern, and everyone is welcome, regardless of where you live. Every roundabout is filled with news, information, and fun. The October twenty-two roundabout will include page turners. Come share a good book or discover books enjoyed by others. The October twenty-nine roundabout will include Halloween fun and some spooky happenings. 
The next meeting of the KCB Board of Directors will be on Monday, October 18, at 8 p.m. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its second Low Vision Support Group of the Month on Wednesday, October 20, at 7.30 p.m. Tri-State Library users normally meets on the third Saturday of the month, but its meeting has been moved to October 23 at 11 a.m. so as to avoid a conflict with the 75th reunion of the KSB Alumni Association. This month's Tri-State meeting will include our book club. We are reading Meet the Austins, the first book in a series by Newbery Award-winning author Madeline Lingle. The book is available from Bard and Bookshare. The Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will meet on Monday, October 25 at 7.30 p.m. All are welcome. For a complete calendar of events sponsored by KCB and its chapters, visit our website at www.kentucky-acb.org and follow the events link. The Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will meet at 7 p.m. on October 13. The dial-in number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. Remember to register for the 75th reunion of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association. It's coming up virtually on Zoom and on the RadioStorm.com on Saturday, October 16. You don't have to be an alumnus of the school to register and to attend and to be eligible for the great prizes that will be awarded. When you register, you'll receive a Zoom link so you can actively participate in the day's events. You'll be eligible for some great door prizes and members of our special 10-year classes from 2010 and 2011 who register and attend the banquet will receive a commemorative gift. Members of the 25, 50, 60, 70 and 75 year classes who register and attend the banquet will receive their alumni pins. Registration is $10 and is open to everyone. 50-50 drawing tickets are also available. Tickets are $10 each and anyone can enter. There will be three winners who will receive a total of 50% of the pot. Support the alumni by buying drawing tickets and also become a sponsor of the reunion. Sponsorships are 10 25 50 and $100, and sponsors at the 25 50 and $100 level will also receive a copy of our 2021 Alumni Treasures Collection. For more information on registering and how to listen, Contact Carla Rushevel, Alumni Treasurer, at 502-897-1472. And now for what's coming up for the rest of the program this week. On page two are three announcements related to the upcoming convention of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, including exhibit and sponsorship information for businesses, agencies, organizations, and individuals. On page three are recipes and easy meal ideas from the ACB Families Call from September 19. Approximately 40 people participated from around the United States. Thanks to Patty Cox for facilitating and Natalie Couch for hosting this event. We remind you that Soundprints is heard each week on ACB Media One at the following times. Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday at 8 a.m., Tuesday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., 
Wednesday, 4 a.m. and 4 p.m., Thursday, 10 p.m., and Friday, 10 a.m., all times Eastern. As always, we welcome your comments and suggestions for future shows. Give us a call at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Page 2. News from the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Kentucky Council of the Blind Awards for 2021. Each year, the Kentucky Council of the Blind may present the William A. Ruth KCB Membership Award, the James Carl Dodson Community Service Award, and the Rose and Lewis Kane Advocacy Award. The awards are presented when deserving recipients are chosen. One or more of the awards may not be presented if it is determined that no nominee meets the award criteria. The Ruth Award is presented to someone who has maintained sustained membership in KCB and who has provided outstanding long-term service to the Kentucky Council of the Blind. The Dotson Award is bestowed on an individual or organization who has exhibited significant community service, either to the blindness community or to the public at large. The Rose and Lewis Kane Award is conferred on an individual or organization who has manifested notable effective advocacy for the blindness community. The recipient of the Ruth Award must be a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Recipients of the Dotson and Kane Awards may be blind or sighted and may or may not be KCB members. To nominate an individual or organization for the KCB Awards, contact Adam Rushevel, Awards Committee Chair, or another member of the committee. Nominations must be received by November 1 in order to be considered for the Kentucky Council of the Blind 2021 Conference and Convention. Members of the 2021 KCB Awards Committee are Adam Rushevel, Chair, Louisville, 502-897-1472, KCB at kentucky-acb.org. Paula Weiss, Lexington, 859-229-6333, PMW1208 at gmail.com. Patty Cox, Louisville, 502-905-0869. Patty C. A.C.B., that's P-A-T-T-I-C-A-C-B, at gmail.com. Benjamin Wright, Henderson, 734-968-8211. Benjamin, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N, dot F dot Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, at gmail.com. The next item is from the KCB Nominating Committee. The Board of Directors of the Kentucky Council of the Blind consists of officers, directors, and chapter representatives. Officers are elected in even-numbered years, directors in odd-numbered years. No officer or director may hold the same office for more than two full consecutive terms except for the offices of secretary and treasurer. KCB members will be electing five 
directors to serve for the next two years at its 2021 Virtual State Convention, November 18-20. to 20. The nominating committee, Amanda Salm Chair, Rick Boggess, Natalie Couch, and Bill Wright, would like to hear from you by midnight, October 15, if you are interested in being considered for a director position. Feel free to contact committee members or the chair. The committee hopes to recommend a slate of officers by October 18. All elections are also open for nomination of candidates from the floor. Candidates must either be present at the time of the election or must otherwise indicate in writing their willingness to serve in the position for which they are being nominated. Best regards, Amanda Selm, the Nominating Committee Chair, 502-750-1774, ALSmoot, S-M-O-O-T-87, at gmail.com. Committee Members, Rick Boggess, 270-684-4418, R. Boggess, B-O-G-G-E-S-S, 54 at gmail.com. Natalie Couch, 217-369-5139, Braille Reader, B-R-A-I-L-L-E-R-E-A-D-E-R, at gmail.com. Bill Wright, 502-893-0879, BWW0912, at gmail.com. Here is information about exhibiting and sponsoring at the KCB Convention coming up November 18 to 20, 2021. KCB, turn your radio on. The Kentucky Council of the Blind, 48th Annual Conference and Convention, November 18 to 20, 2021. Invitation to exhibit and sponsor. The 2021 Kentucky Council of the Blind Virtual Conference and Convention will be held November 18 to 20 on the Zoom platform and on ACB Media, heard on all Alexa devices, on the computer at acbmedia.org, and on any telephone by dialing 518-906-1820. Our virtual exhibit and sponsorship opportunities are the perfect way for large and small businesses, agencies, service providers, nonprofit organizations, and even individuals to let listeners from across Kentucky and around the nation know about their products and services. KCB convention attendees are interested in Braille, audio and low vision products, technology, resources and services for people with vision loss, crafts and jewelry, and gift ideas. They want to know about training, health programs, education and library programs, and much more. Our 2021 convention exhibits are 15 and 30 minute live presentations that will be part of our convention programming on ACB Media and Zoom. The convention will be recorded and exhibit presentations will be posted on our website and included in a future edition of Soundprints, KCB's audio magazine that is broadcast several times each week on ACB Media One, formerly ACB Radio Mainstream. Soundprints is available as a podcast on the Victor Reader Stream and through the iTunes Store, and is distributed on Audio CD.
As a 2021 KCB Convention Exhibitor, your live presentation will be included in our real-time programming. Plan your presentation in advance. Describe and or demo your products and answer audience questions in real time. Our Zoom host will call on attendees who have questions and will provide a time check. All exhibitors will be required to complete a sound check with convention planners at least one day before the convention begins. Sound checks are essential in order to ensure a high-quality listening experience for attendees. Exhibitors who do not complete a sound check prior to the convention will not be permitted to exhibit. Convention planners will consider your presentation time preferences as much as possible when scheduling exhibits. You will be required to join the Zoom event 15 minutes in advance of your scheduled exhibit time. Exhibitors who fail to appear for their exhibit will not be rescheduled. Exhibit fees are $25 for a 15-minute presentation, $50 for a 30-minute presentation. Exhibit program spaces are limited and are available on a first-come, first-served basis. Conference sponsorships. You are invited to become a conference sponsor. There's a sponsorship to fit every budget. Sponsors at the $100 level and above will receive a free presentation space. They will also be listed on the KCB website, www.kentucky-acb.org, and on our email list as they are received. All sponsors will be acknowledged at events throughout the weekend and on Soundprints. 2021 sponsorship levels include Station Manager, $1,000 Disc Jockey, $500 Newscaster, $300 Engineer, $200 Antenna, $100 Speaker, $50 Transistor, $25 and Battery, $10 Door Prize and Auction Donations Exhibitors, sponsors, chapters, and individuals will also be recognized throughout the convention when they contribute door prizes and auction items. Door prizes donated by exhibitors will be awarded early in the convention to encourage attendees to listen to the donor's presentation. The annual KCB auction will take place on Friday evening, November 19. It will be broadcast on ACB Media. Bidding will take place on the Zoom platform, and participants from throughout the country will be welcome. Donors will be prominently recognized both in the pre-auction's publicity and during the auction when their items come up for bid. Registration Details Register today as an exhibitor and or sponsor by using your credit card and calling the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. You are also welcome to register as an attendee. Pre-registration by November 4 is $20, and registration after that date is $30. For more information, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598, 
or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Page three. want to welcome everybody. Uh, this is ACB Families, and I'm Carla Rushable. I'm the president of ACB Families. We're going to be talking about easy recipes and leftover makeovers. Our program tonight is going to be led by Patty Cox. She's prepared meals each week until the pandemic came for the Greater Louisville Council of Blind Roundabout. Every Friday night, she cooks for 20 to 25 people, but she's cooked for Christmas parties and conventions and all kinds of things. And uh, Patty definitely always has good food. So, Patty, why don't you um, begin and help us on this little food journey we're going to have tonight. Um, hello, everyone. So, tonight I wanted to give you some ideas that are easy to do. Um, I will let you know that I'm a person that doesn't time so what I'm giving you, I have actually timed some of these so I can give you actual times. I usually go by smell and taste, kind of hard right now, but um, it, but they're really good recipes. They're easy to do. So the first one is I'm going to start out with a protein, and that is chicken. Um, I buy a skinless uh, chicken thigh. Now, on all chicken thighs, they say they're skinless. That doesn't mean that there's just a little fat hanging around on the edge, but that makes things really good. And the thighs are easy to cook. Um, what I do is I take about, if I'm going to do four of them, I take about three tablespoons of olive oil. I add, um, I get garlic. You can get it in your produce section at any store. It's in a tube. That means you don't have to you know, break it out of the, 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 all the mess. There's no mess to this. Um, I don't use a spoon. I don't use a measuring spoon either. Um, for this, I just take it and I make a little, it's, it's in a tube so it just squirts out. Um, I make a little line on my finger from my, my pointer finger, my fingertip back to the first knuckle. And that's how I measure it. Um, I take that, put that in there. I put maybe an eighth of a teaspoon of onion granulates, salt, pepper, and I add a little bit of rosemary. Now, when I say a little bit, I usually take a decent pinch if you're using dried rosemary. Um, it's a, I, I do sometimes use fresh rosemary, um, but it's about the same amount. I mix that up, and then I use my hands. I don't just put it in the bowl and flip it around. I put the chicken in that little bowl, and I make sure it gets around it and on it. You don't have to make sure that your spices are all on top of it. If it's mixed, I mix it with my hands, and you rub it on there. It's on it. I put that in a pan. Um, usually, it's a 9 by 9 square pan. Um, and I line that with uh, Reynolds wrap because I like to not have too much mess. Um, it's easier to clean. I put that with the, on, on a side, you have the side that has mainly the, the bones, and then the other side is kind of, it feels kind of 
full of meat. I take that full side and put it up. And I put that in the oven at 375 for about 35 minutes, and it's usually cooked all the way through. You don't have to worry about it. Um, so that's the chicken. While that's cooking, um, some of us here don't like vegetables. Some do. So easy. I always go to uh, making uh, my type of baked potato, and that is I go to the store and I buy them wrapped. You put it in the microwave for eight minutes. Uh, if it's a smaller one, maybe seven. Um, I usually do three at a time, so um, I do the eight minutes. I let it sit in there. I don't even touch it. I let it sit so it cools down a little bit. I see if it needs to go anymore, sometimes another minute or two. I've got my potato done. I've got my, um, I've got my chicken cooking, and then I usually use a bag of uh, mixed vegetables. It could be the broccoli, the carrots, the pea pods. You can get anything you like. And you can get those. They're by bird's eye. I take my potatoes out, put those in five minutes, usually on the bigger microwave. And my meal is done when that chicken comes out. So that's, that's a good, well-rounded meal. Um, does anybody have any questions about that recipe? I do, Patty. How, how does this, Fran? How do you get that wrap, the wrap off the potatoes so that would be hot? Okay. So I cut, I let it sit for a few minutes, you know, while my vegetables are, are cooking because I want to put it all on a plate at the same time. Um, so what I do is I put it on a plate and I cut down the center of it. Um, and the plastic, I cut down the center long ways and then I cut into it crosswise and you can just, with your fingers, that plastic is not hot. What's hot is the potato inside. So, um, I just take the paper off, take the plastic off of it, um, lay it back. And then I move the potato over with a pair of tongs or you know, you could use a spoon. If you don't like the the peel of the potato, you it will dip right out with the spoon. Patty? Yes. I use those potatoes all the time, as you know. And Fran, um, after they cook in the microwave, the plastic is kind of loose at the end. The wrapping is a little bit loose. And you can take a pair of um, scissors and just snip that at the end and then just peel it all the way back and off okay. if you want to do it that way. And then I cut down the center and take um, a stick of butter and just rub butter all over it. And it's really good. Yeah, you could put your toppings on it then. And uh -huh. if um, what I like to do is kind of, I do it two ways. Sometimes it's like a baked potato and then sometimes I scoop it out. So it's kind of like a mashed potato. Um, I'll let it go in the microwave an extra few minutes to get it softer, and I dip it out. And that's when I add my toppings, butter, you know, you put butter, sour cream, cheese, bacon bits, whatever. But it, it's a lot faster than putting those potatoes in your oven because you'd have to put them in 
with the chicken and hope they're done. Linda? My question, Patty, is so the olive oil goes in the bowl that you're going to mix your your stuff that you're going to roll your chicken in? Yeah, I, I okay. kind of roll it and put it on with my hands, make sure it's all over it. Right. Um, I, was, I was just expecting that olive oil to go in a skillet or something. I just want to make sure I understood that it goes in the mixture. Yeah, it goes in the mixture. That sounds delicious. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I was wondering what which side goes up with the chicken leg. I didn't quite catch that. It's it's a chi- I use the boneless oh. chicken thighs. The thigh. You I mean. can use chicken legs, but the the smaller portion of the the chicken leg usually gets with that olive oil. It gets um, done a lot faster. So I've I've learned that thighs actually have more meat and they comes out better. Um, but I put the the meat side up on the thigh you'll feel the bones are closer to one side that's the side that's down and the thick portion of the meat is up great thanks okay so I've got uh, another one for you everybody or most people have a crock pot one thing you can do is uh, usually they have pork pork loin not the tenderloin but the pork loins are on sale a lot around here. And they're not big, but for a family of four, unless you're real heavy eaters, I usually cut them in half. And they're very easy to freeze. Um, And what I do is after they're thawed out, I put them in my crock pot in the morning. I have my own spices. I can't tell you it's, Like, I kind of spin the Lazy Susan around, and I say, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. I don't put cloves and allspice in it, but um, the other thing you can do is use the Lipton onion soup uh, for that. But I would only use, I've only used a half a pack. You put about half of it in there, roll that up, uh, put a rubber band around it or something, and leave that for the next one. But I don't use barbecue sauce. I don't use anything like that. Some people like to put hot sauce in there and let it cook. If you're going to have leftovers and there's only two of you or one of you, leave that those things off. It's, it will come out being delicious if you do it this way. And you can add your different tastes, I guess you could say, on top of it, different types of barbecue sauce. I put that in the crock pot. I put it on low. Um, I'm usually gone uh, from my house about six hours. Um, I come back, and usually the pork is just falling Mm -hmm. apart. Um, It does. I always add, at the beginning, I add like a quarter cup of water because I want to make sure it's got enough and it doesn't dry out if I don't get back for, you know, an extra half hour or so. But what I do is I take that pork out, take it out of the juice and, and shred it with just two forks. That's all I use in a bowl is two forks. And then I put my barbecue sauce on it. I cover it with plastic wrap or Reynolds wrap. And if you leave it for about an hour at least, unless you're going to eat it the next day, put it in your refrigerator and it will soak into it. You can heat that barbecue back up but the coldness of the refrigerator somehow 
makes that barbecue sauce suck into that pork. And it's, it's a whole lot better than just dumping it on it. Then I like sweet potatoes and pork together. So you can get sweet potatoes just like your baked potato, and then you can top it with your butter. Some people use uh, marshmallow fluff, caramel, cinnamon, and sugar. But um, that's, that's one thing that I like to use. And you can take that barbecue, make it a sandwich, uh, put it with mashed potatoes, and you if you're not a bread person, I lay it right on my potatoes. I don't need bread because I'm using the potatoes as my starch. And then you can add the vegetables that you like or a salad. Carol, you can go ahead and talk, please. But I had a chicken question. Um, when you okay. um, put, you don't cover the chicken when you cook it, I assume? No. No cover? No. Correct? And no, also, I do don't. you put do you put the extra oil in when you put the chicken um, in the Maybe. pan, do you just add, just pour, you know, just whatever, just put it all in? I, I use my hand, so I put a little bit extra on the top, but I don't mm-hmm. pour that in because okay. I tried that once, and um, it it kind of fries your chicken, uh, and it makes, and it kind of burns it in that amount of time. Okay. Um, I don't like the bottom of the chicken once I've done that. I just wanted to know, could you use, we don't eat pork in my family, um, could you use beef and do essentially the same thing? Yeah. Yes. I've, uh, you know, I buy the, you can buy your cut of roast, whatever, how, whichever one you like the best. Um, the time on that, I don't have a note on how long I leave them, but I do the same, you can do the same thing. Um I've tried, it sounds really weird, but I've tried this thing that a friend of mine had one time, and with her beef, she used a uh, mustard-type sauce, and I can get that recipe for you all, but it was really good because it it gave the beef uh, a lot of twang to it, and it, it just went well with it, but you could do the same thing with beef. Teresa, you had one that you wanted to share, so we'll go to you first. Okay. Um, I don't know if uh, Patty would want to use this with her pork recipe, but I was thinking of a um, type of a salad is cucumbers and then those, you know, the long onions, like what do they call those, bordello? Green onions. onions. Yeah, green and the ones that are long. You, um, mm-hmm. you dice up the uh, cucumber, you know, kind of make them round, you know, like they're flat and round, and then uh, cut up the onions and marinate them in vinegar. And if your uh, event or whatever you're doing is like in the evening of the next day, you might want to do that in the morning. But if, if it's like in the middle part of the day, you might, might want to do it the night before. And you marinate them with vinegar, and they taste pretty good. The vinegar has had time to uh, get through to the um cucumbers and onions and I'd say you probably want you know depending on how many you're going to serve but I would suggest at least uh, um, uh, two to three medium-sized cucumbers you know, you might have to experiment mm-hmm. see how much vinegar is there and that was especially in the summertime late summer like around this time of the year okay all right thank you all right uh-huh. Terry Pacheco you can go ahead okay Terry all right um 
your barbecued pork sounds wonderful. I do something very similar with uh, chicken in the crock pot, and I put some of the sweet honey barbecue sauce in with mm-hmm. it as opposed to using the water. And and the other thing that's really nice to do with it is at the right time of year, dice up a Vidalia onion and throw that in there too. Mm-hmm. And then put the rest of the sauce on, like you say, the, to leave it in overnight on the in the refrigerator. Um, and that comes out really, really well uh, for pulled chicken sandwiches. The other, the recipe that I was going to give you was um, baby spinach. You do baby spinach. Take in is this a great recipe in the summer with uh, sliced strawberries, sliced fresh strawberries, and you can use some other that uh, fruit if you want. I've, I've added watermelon and mandarin oranges to it. Uh, then sprinkle it with goat cheese and just a li- oh I use some balsamic vinaigrette dressing. I put that on first because you only use so little of that it gets so it's so strong uh, on the on the spinach. Then mix it all together. It is a delicious salad. I first started had it at uh, Ruth's Chris and I've kind of mm, played with it since and added other fruit to it. But it makes it's a very popular salad around here when I make it. Anyhow, I have one that Adele sent me uh, in the in an email. I have a couple from her. This one, uh, the the one that I have is a uh, is another recipe with pork chops. This one's a little different. <clears throat> this is um, what's this called? Quick Mexican vegetable rice soup, and you use a package of Mexican flavored rice aroni. Two cans of vegetable soup, as she says, she uses Campbell's Vegetarian Vegetable Condensed Soup. Five to six soup cans of water, and she has tortilla strips or tortilla chips. Also, shredded cheese is optional. Um, cooked, oh, cooked shredded chicken and avocado and sour cream is optional. So the directions, in a large Dutch oven, that would just be a big um, a big pan that can go into the oven, um, mix your soup and water until well blended, but add the contents of the uh, rice mix, the flavor packet, and the rice or pasta. Stir until it starts to boil. Um, cover and simmer for 20 to 25 minutes or until rice or pasta is tender. Serve with tortilla strips or tortilla chips in the bottom uh, of soup bowls and cheese if desired. Ladle soup in bowls. Um, you can top it with avocado and sour cream if you want. So that would be pretty quick to make. Um, and what she is talking about with the Dutch oven would be a large, a large kettle. You need pretty big you know, kettle for that on your stove. <clears throat> okay. Who else has one? I have one. This is Susan. Go ahead. Um, this is meatloaf in the microwave. And um, you need a, a loaf pan, of course. A glass loaf pan is good. And uh, get one pound of ground beef uh, uh, and one cup of rolled oats. And then um, one 
tablespoon of minced onion, one egg, half a cup of diced tomatoes, salt, pepper, and garlic to taste. And you mix all the ingredients together in a bowl and then form your, um, form your loaf in a loaf pan. Sprinkle it with Worcestershire sauce on top of the meatloaf and cover lightly with a plastic wrap and bake for 12 minutes on high heat. Susan, I make a meatloaf that's similar to that. I've never made it in the microwave. I'll have to try it. I've used, um, like, a, use a can of tomato sauce um, instead of the Worcestershire sauce and things like that, and I mix half the can of the tomato sauce into the meatloaf and then pour the other half over the top. I'm going to have to try that in the microwave because I'll bet it would work really well. How many minutes did you say? Twelve minutes. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to try that. So, Okay. Okay. Who else? Right. Linda, you can go ahead. Well, I was searching for this recipe, and I cannot find it, but <clears throat> I know it well enough to tell you. Mine is also meatloaf, and we live with a big family when I cook. I love to cook this big, huge meatloaf because that way I have leftover meatloaf. So you use five to six pounds of ground beef, or you can mix some some breakfast sausage in there with it. Uh, and, you know, but you want five to six pounds of meat, just depending. But five is what I usually use. You're going to use one can of diced tomatoes, one package of stovetop stuffing mix, one package of onion soup. Um, what else goes in there? Three eggs. A fourth of a cup of Worcestershire sauce. If you want, you can put a fourth of a cup of soy sauce in there too. But another ingredient that's kind of the trick here is you want to put in about a half a cup of Heinz 57 sauce. And I can tell you that the A1 does not taste the same. So I use the highest 57. I think that's pretty much it. And you just, you know, obviously what I, what I do is I put everything but the meat in and I kind of, well, I beat the eggs first, the fork, and then I put everything but the meat in and I too dig in there with my hands and just mix that all up and then slowly add your meat. You'll need a huge, like a, a one of the Tupperware big um, bowls to mix this in because it makes a lot. And then you divide that into two of your loaf pans. And I bake it at 350 for an hour to an hour and a half, just depending. If you want to, you can also cover it with ketchup before you put it in the oven, or you can cover it with barbecue sauce. And uh, when I started making bulk meatloaf like this was when my husband hunted, and we processed our own deer or elk. And he brought me in 30 pounds of ground elk one year and I said oh I'm going to make this all up into meatloaf and freeze it and I did and you would not believe I mean I had to put I had to line my kitchen sink with a plastic bag to finish mixing it but that's when I started making huge meatloaves and then I would just put them I would measure them into a freezer you know freezer safe ziploc bag or you can put them in your food saver and then freeze them and then you know when the morning you're going to have meatloaf that night for dinner you can just lay out one and 
with the side you get home, you stick it in your bread pan and, and bake it. But for my family here, for the bunch of us, um, I just cook the two. And usually I don't have much left over. I Sometimes before I take it across the grass, I'll be honest, I will cut off two slices so I have meatloaf sandwich the next day. <laughs> so that's my meatloaf recipe. The, well, the stuffing mm-hmm. makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of leftovers, sometimes, um, you know, the leftovers, I, I know people who say, oh, I don't like leftovers. I don't eat leftovers. They throw out their leftovers. Well, um, in this house, leftovers never get thrown out. They can always become something else. Um, or uh, it can just be, you can just have it be an extra serving of something, or maybe it becomes a lunch. But... Um, with food getting more expensive and more more and more expensive, leftovers become more important because they help you stretch that food dollar. But another way to stretch the food dollar, as probably many of you on this call have done, is to purchase things when they're on sale. Now, I know there's some people on the call here that live by themselves, and you think, well, I can't take advantage of, like, the <clears throat> the pork loin sale because I'd never eat it up, or I can't take advantage of the um, beef uh, roast sale or, say, buying a whole uh, chuck roast or something like that. I can't do that because there's only one of me. Well, yes, you can, because um, when you get it at the store, at least at, at our store, when you purchase it, you don't have to pay extra to have the butcher cut it for you. So... Um, if you buy a pork loin and it's boneless, you can have it sliced into chops or you can have it cut, as Patty was saying, she would cut one in half or whatever. So you can have the butcher do that. When you bring it home, you wrap it up into, um, like, if you want two pork chops in a serving, then wrap two pork chops together in plastic wrap um, or in Reynolds wrap or use uh, a freezer bag and put them in you know, wrap them up and put them in your freezer so that when you are ready for pork chops, you just take out one pack. What's going to be and what you're going to make for one meal. Um, you can do the same thing with your um, pork roast or your beef roast and um, uh, cut it into the amount that you're going to use. So that can save you a lot of money. Um, hamburger is the same way. It really is good if you don't buy the 70% lean hamburger if you try to buy you know 80 or 90 percent lean it'll cost you a little more money but it won't you won't lose as much in the fat as you cook the the meat um but you can you can buy that on sale and you can also uh, freeze it i buy one particular kind of ground beef and it is uh, a grass-fed meat so it's more expensive but it comes in a square package. It's all sealed up, and um, it'll keep a few days in the fridge. But if it's on sale, I I buy four or five of those at a time, and they go in my freezer. I don't even have to open it up and repackage it. I can just put the package in the freezer because it's thick enough and sealed enough that it's not going to get freezer burnt. And it can keep in there for several months. And, like, I had a packet, got a package out a, a couple of days ago, thawed it out, 
and made it into chili today. But um, it's, you, you know, you can really save a lot on that meat budget, and meat is a huge part of your budget. It, and it's and you come out with um, better meals than if you're just buying, you know, like lunch meat or something all the time. So, all right, who else has something to share? I got some um, tips. Linda Merriman, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, this isn't really <clears throat> reuse of, of, uh, leftovers per se, but what I do, and I live by myself, so this works out well for me, is I, I will buy a pretty good roll of ground beef, or I'll buy, I usually just use chicken breast, and then I will cook them in water, and then I, I drain most, um, for the ground beef, I drain, drain most of the water off, and then I will freeze them for me, because I don't need a lot of meat, and like, half pint jars or various size jars depending on because I have I make bigger ones too for when I'm gonna have company. And then you just have it ready, you thaw it out and you can you can put it in whatever casserole you want. It's hard to cook so it'll be faster. You can put it in your chili or you can make your CA sauce or whatever. Or for the chicken, uh I, I have it cooked and then I have it cut in strips when I freeze it. And I always freeze the stuff in jars in the liquid and I make my chicken dumplings with it and add broth or I can I can make, I can drain it and make fajitas or, you know, just use lots of ways to start to cook so it's faster. That sounds really good. And I usually, with my ground beef, I usually chop up any onion when I'm boiling it and have that onion already cooked with it because that goes with most things you'd like. All right. Beth, you can go ahead and ask your question or comment. Or... Yeah. I... I have almost the same recipe for, um, like, uh, Linda's meatloaf, except, uh, over here, we used, we put a lot of green chili in our stuff, in a lot of our stuff. Uh, like, you can put some green chili in meatloaf and it comes out delicious, too. Let's let, um, Patty share her dessert here before we, we're just about out of time. So, Patty, tell us about a, a good dessert, because we need well, a dessert. With that, I'm going to go right on into this recipe. There's two. Um, I like fresh fruit, so there's one thing I do. I take, um, I usually get a big one, because we eat a lot of fruit around here, but I get the big package of strawberries. You can get the, the smaller one. Um, the one thing I do, I don't really look when I... Uh, do my strawberries uh, when I top them. I usually just get a small knife and go around the little little thing in the middle and it falls right out. Um, but I take them and I quarter them. If they're really big, I maybe will do six pieces, you know, six slices of strawberry. I put those in a bowl. And um, if it's the smaller one, I use about a teaspoon and a half. If it's the bigger one, um, I go about two, two and a half t teaspoons of sugar, put it over it, mix it up, put the lid on, put it in the refrigerator overnight. Um, and then you can get that out. You can buy little sponge cakes. Um, I may usually make a, just a yellow cake mix or a white cake mix. I always have extra of those on hand. Put that with that and use some of the ready whip or cool whip. And you've got a really good dessert. Um, this doesn't make the strawberries really, really, really sweet. They are still a little tart. So um, 
but that's a way that it kind of makes a little sugary glaze, I guess you could say, um, on it. And the other thing is, is all you need is one hour of refrigeration before you serve this. And usually on Thanksgiving and Christmas, I do make them and sometimes they're lucky to make it an hour in the fridge, but I make peanut butter pie. Um, I buy, uh, usually a Keebler graham cracker crust. You can use a chocolate bottom or you could use the regular graham cracker crust. You need one eight ounce package of cream cheese. Let it sit out and soften. Um, then, uh, you need a half a cup of peanut butter, a half a cup of powdered sugar, and I like it a little bit finer. Um, so I sift that into the bowl. Um, but you don't have to. It works just fine if you don't. Um, and then you need 16 ounces of Cool Whip. And you're only going to use half of it. So I'm one that when I go to the store and the 16 ounce costs, say, $3, and you can get two for $2 on the 8 ounce, I'm going to get those two 8 ounce ones, and it's perfect. Um, you let that soften a little bit, and then you mix it all together. If you mix the peanut butter, the sugar, and the cream cheese together, and then you want to fold in not using a mixer or anything, fold in one eight-ounce container of Cool Whip. Mix that all together. Put that in the bottom of the pie crust. Um, and then put that in the refrigerator. I like to put it in there 30 minutes. Take it out. Put the other eight-ounce package of um, bowl of Cool Whip on it. Um, and then put it back in the refrigerator for another 30 minutes. The cool up on top, um, it, it seems to be fluffier if you put it on um, after about 30 minutes of getting that mixture back to um, refrigerated temperature. Those are two easy things. And my thing about the pie, don't be afraid to do it. It's not going to fill up the bottom of the pie crust because you're going to put the cool up on top. But... I don't think anybody in my family cares really what it looks like. They just want to eat it. So if you got to use your fingers to see if you've got it around, the Cool Whip around, you know, all over, and just take a knife and run it over the top of it. It'll make a pretty design. I have a trick for strawberries. Okay, go ahead. So you get a straw. It needs to be one of a little bit thicker straw, like one you might get at a you know fast food place. And the opposite end from the stem, you're going to kind of run this through the strawberry up into that stem. And if you run it all the way through, it'll just pop that stem right out of there. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. I've tried that's that. That's awesome to know because I hate trying to take the stems out of strawberries. Uh, oh, that it, works it, great. It, it, it does work pretty well. It, if you have a lopsided strawberry, you just have to kind of be careful that you, you know, try to get it pointed up there toward that stem. But I, I love that trick. So, okay. Anyone else? Well, we sure appreciate everybody coming Hi. tonight. We've had um, we had uh, thirty nine people all together and. 
We really appreciate everybody being here and remind you all to watch for our next program coming up. And if you're interested in learning more about ACB families, um, please give us a phone call at 502-897-1472. Thanks to Natalie for hosting, and thanks to Patty for helping guide us through creating all kinds of good food tonight. So good night, everybody. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.